That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. So let's go through the checklist. Gym membership. Check. Labels checked and food purchased at the grocery store. Another check. A pledge to make healthier life choices. Check that box too. And yet, eventually the results just aren't showing. The frustration is building and the drive is starting to lack. Is there a way to fix this? Find the solutions that are going to work for you or maybe the person that actually brings it all together. There are so many directions that people can take. But sometimes, maybe it's just one person that can actually be the game changer. Jonathan DiPiero is looking to be able to do just that with OPEX Ottawa. That's the topic today. So welcome to Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And as always, you can head to extensionmarketing.com for more information. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks. This is uh, interesting because I actually, I hadn't heard and I really was... It was eye-opening when I was looking at what OPEX Ottawa is. So if, yeah. if do you mind, like, what is, the, what is the overall view of OPEX and how did it kind of get here to the city? Yeah, um, it, that's a great question. And so uh, what OPEX really stands for is sort of that one-stop shop where one individual is building this great relationship with their clients and they're helping them with nutrition, with exercise, and with lifestyle. So typically in the industry right now, what you tend to see is you see all these services being offered, Mm -hmm. but it's always different people, right? You go to uh, a nutritionist for one thing, you go to, you know, an exercise trainer for another thing. And so at OPEX Ottawa, what we try to do is really combine those things and just make sure that they're all on the same page. So as, um, as an example, if you think about someone who's doing you know very hard training you just want to make sure that their nutrition sort of supports the training that they're doing right and so you want to make sure that you're you know for example eating enough calories etc and that all those things really need to be in alignment well i guess it would be frustrating if you're trying to do one goal and you've got something that's happening with the trainer and you're trying to build muscle you're trying to build endurance you're trying to get to a race you're trying to do certain things and yet at the other end the nutritionist or someone who's helping you with that doesn't <laughs> yeah. isn't quite on board or understanding what the physical outlets have been like it's it's having that communication to have it all together yeah that's exactly it and what i uh what i've seen in the past many times um so i've been a fitness trainer for 12 years now so i wouldn't say that i'm necessarily like a pro, but I've been doing it long enough to have seen many different cases of many different kinds of individuals. And what I tend to see really often is sometimes those things are not really in accordance. So you have someone who's, let's say, under eating, but they're trying to do this really intense training as an example, right? And all of a sudden that is fine for maybe a couple days, but then very shortly after they're burnt out, they have no energy, they don't know what's going on. And they're having such a tough time just maintaining their normal daily activities because you're just like, burning the candles at both ends, right? And so what we try to do is just make sure that our um, our nutrition prescription reflects the kind of training that you're doing and the lifestyle can support it. Because I think that is often one of the missing links is it's not really a sexy thing to say, 
hey, you really just need to sleep a little bit more, right? It's, you can't sell it necessarily. You can't, you know, it's not a poster that you mm-hmm. can put on the side of a building that is very attractive. But ultimately, that's one of the things that I've seen really be able to help people uh, over time is, is those lifestyle changes. For you, what was it? Was it the passion for exercise, for fitness, for teaching, for, you know, inspiring other people? Like I always find when I have someone sitting in this mm-hmm. chair, right? There's always a story as to how, <laughs> as is. to how, how yeah. they actually ended up there. Yeah. Uh, and I saw too, like you come from uh, an immigrant family and, and yes. raised in Montreal. Yep. That's right. So uh, my parents are both, my, I'm actually a first generation Italian and my parents were both, you know, actually Canadian Italian mm-hmm. is really the correct term. Uh, so both my parents were born in Italy and that's, uh, and you can imagine, so they came here and they, they didn't even know English when they first came here. And so I was, yeah, that first generation growing up with, you know, Canadian values and trying to, you know, find my own way like everyone does growing up. Um, and, and so I had a, you know, competitive hockey and soccer background growing up. But I, you know, I always like to mention that those were not necessarily my choices, right? Like my parents put me in, in sports because that's what you do when you're a parent, right? You're like, oh, my kids should uh, But if you're coming active. from Italy, I'm, I'm assuming this soccer was, <laughs> yeah, it, it was almost course. a switch, like you were going to do soccer and then we'll get to the Canadian hockey. <laughs> that's you right, know, yes. that's right. And so I, I did, you know, I appreciated the choices they made for me because it allowed me to be active year round, mm-hmm. which now is fundamental to my ultimate belief of like people should move in some way, shape or form all the time, uh, you know, virtually every day. And those exercises can be harder or sometimes easier, yes, but movement is really part of our DNA, you know, like whether you like it or not, we're built to move, you know, and again, some shape, way, shape or form. Um, but from, you know, from there, I would say the first time I really chose like on my own to do some kind of exercise or movement was, you know, the first time I joined the gym, I was 16 years old. <laughs> my mom, <laughs> I, my mom had to sign for me, you know, because, she, because mm-hmm. I wasn't even legal. Um, and so that was the first time I was sort of experiencing which, that. You know, which is interesting because at, at the time, right at 16, mm-hmm. you know, it was back then, you know, parents were coming in and I find it amazing. Now the gyms are opening it up to 12 year olds yeah. right, for summer training. And I think it's remarkable and I love it that it's like, get in, have your kids come and experience and try it. And now these gyms are, are actually trying to promote bringing the kids in earlier yeah. to get the habit started a little bit earlier. Yeah. I mean, as an example, I've, I've definitely seen that before. Mm-hmm. And I believe, I want to say if you're like a teenager, you go to, for free to good life. And I actually think that's a great incentive because it allows people to try to develop those habits from a much younger age. And, and I definitely have this really strong belief that you know, exercise should be like breakfast. Do you eat breakfast every day? Well, you kind of exercise every day, right? And again, it can look different, but it needs to be part of your routine um, in some, you know, in some way. Okay, so we're 16, you get your first, mm-hmm. uh, your first access to the gym. Yes. And did it shift the way you liked the movement? I mean, you'd been so used to playing soccer and yes. hockey. And this is very, it's, it's very different. I think people don't always understand the difference mm-hmm. between what playing a sport is and then working out in the gym. <laughs> yeah, it is different. It, uh, I mean, some people will tell you it's a lot more boring. I feel like I hear, I hear that a lot from, uh, from clients, but it is, it's a process. And ultimately the purpose of the gym is really just to make you better in your everyday life. That's, that's what mm-hmm. I kind of see it as. Right. And it had, you know, it's had different purposes for me personally, uh, throughout my life. And, you know, at certain times it was to be more competitive and to beat everyone and to be more, you know, perform better in terms of exercise. Um, 
But lately, it's obviously shifted very much just because, you know, my family lives have shifted and we have a three-year-old daughter now. And so life always changes when you have kids, right? And so appreciating that. And so now it's a lot more about creating great energy levels throughout the day, being very productive in my day uh, and just feeling good. Is that what you say to the clients that are coming in? You know, th- what, what is the purpose Yes. And the way I really like to frame it, which I find has been very helpful for a lot of people that I've worked with is what is the intention? Okay. So what do you want to do with your body? Like, what do you want to do with your fitness? Right. And so the exercise program, I fundamentally believe should reflect what your intention is. And if you want to be, you know, I'm just picking an example here, an Olympic level athlete, right? You want to be like a bobsledder. Well, your training program is going to look really different than the person who just wants to be, let's say a good mom and be able to play on their hands and knees with their six-year-old child and not get tired or out of breath or be able to stand on the ground and stand up and get back down without any, uh, any issues. The, the reality is, is sometimes you see that there are issues with just a, a parent being able to get up and down and up and down off the floor <laughs> yeah. or with grandparents who want to be able to get up and down, up and down with their grandkids on yeah. the floor. And sometimes they don't realize that they lack the mobility or lack the strength to do that until they're put into a position where they're like, wow. My body hasn't moved. I don't have the mobility (laughs) to do this. And you get that is that people didn't realize what it was that they needed it for. Yes, exactly. And sometimes it's also a question of realization and not, not, I wouldn't say necessarily not being honest with themselves, but we try to help them come to the real fundamental reason why they're exercising. Because once you can understand why they're exercising, trying to keep them, you know, motivated more long term and avoiding this like yo-yo effect that you get in the fitness industry constantly where it's like, oh, new year, new me. Oh, and then <laughs> and then like they drop <laughs> Six off. Six weeks later. Yeah, gym's empty, yeah. you know, no one's in the parking lot. And that's that's a, a huge monstrous issue in the fitness industry today that I've, mm-hmm. I've you know, been aware of for, for many, many years where it's about how many gym memberships can we sell and... I, I just always think about what that person feels like who's selling those gym memberships and who's selling like, you know, essentially they know that probably about, you know, one out of 10 gym memberships that they're selling are actually going to be used. And so our, our vision for OPEX was to create a gym that essentially doesn't have that. Okay. And I try to be upfront and honest with people where don't sign up here unless you plan on coming because I will continue to harass you until you come back. And I say that jokingly, but my all of my members know that if they don't show up and I don't see them for a couple workouts, like they're getting, it starts with a call, it starts with a text. And then if they don't answer that, uh, it'll, so it'll start with a standard email, then it'll go to a text, then it'll go to a call. And I swear to God, I'm going to go like see where, where they work because that's, that's the kind of, that's how committed I am to making sure that people don't have this inconsistency in their training. Because it's the biggest issue with, with exercise today is the inconsistency with starting and stopping and starting and stop. And, you know, and realistically, I don't care about what type of exercise people do as long as they stick to it, as long as they are committed to making it, you know, a regular habit. Hmm. I, lo- I like that. And I actually get so sad because I get I get excited um, in the new year because I do see all these people and I get that the gym's going to be a lot busier in January and February. And I kind of I plan for it and I go different times when I know it won't be as, as busy because <laughs> yeah. I'm I've been a regular, you know, yeah. for th- for 30 some years. So 
But I get sad when I start to see the numbers dwindling. Yeah. And I get sad when I realize with some of the bigger box gyms that it was really just about selling memberships and yeah. and not fully having the intention of seeing these people through. So that's one way definitely of looking at it. And I like I like the accountability. And I think accountability is a massive part of, of where the success lies. You were going to the gym at 16 and playing these sports. I want to get into a little bit of the CrossFit because sure. I, I'm, you know, I'm all over the map a little bit with it. Uh, and, and what it does. So what was the, because when you talk about you were training to beat the other guy and to be faster and be stronger, right? And so performance-based is really, I think, the mentality a lot of the CrossFitters have. Correct. I would definitely say so. Um, yeah. And it depends. I would say it depends on the CrossFitter. We personally, like our gym is very, very, very relaxed. I would say we're definitely probably one of the least competitive gyms here in the city Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and I'm okay with that because the reality is that our members don't really need to beat other people, you know, for but competitions. Right. I honestly think, though, if you have the CrossFit mentality, you're going to a CrossFit gym. If you have the crowd, like if you want to be competitive, like if you're yes, a competitive absolutely. CrossFitter, I'm sorry, yeah. you're not working out at the norm. Like you're at a CrossFit gym. It's the only yes. way I think that actually you excel yeah. is to be in that environment. Right. Yes. So where you're like OPEX isn't meant for Correct. CrossFitters, right? But yes. what was it for you that that you strived to be in that environment or that you wanted that for yourself? Yeah, um, I would say it started with, because the first time I had ever done CrossFit, I was 21 years old. This is a long time ago now. And it was really about the feeling that it gave me compared to regular sports. And that's what I would compare it to. And I think anyone who's done like, you know, somewhat competitive levels of any sport, they just feel a certain way when you're on the ice or on the field. And it was that feeling that that really attracted me where it's like, I didn't know that a workout, an exercise workout could make me feel that way. And I thought like, and when I'm, you know, thinking about it now, now I have a lot more awareness around what it means for, you know, lactic threshold and training and, you know, that high burn and sort of that feeling where it's like, oh my God, I almost feel sick to my stomach when I'm doing this exercise. And it was very, I mean, this is back in 2008. Um, Which is really as CrossFit is starting to to build, right? Yeah, And, and that absolutely. there's an interest around it. It took a while for it to come, you know, to really reach the masses i think and then you have things like you know the crossfit games and it's on espn (laughs) and you see the fittest people in the world and then you're like oh this is what everyone's been talking about that's right yeah Yeah. and it's uh and it's so funny because i think sometimes people think that a crossfit gym is going to be like training you for the crossfit games right uh but it's it's like going to a recreational hockey game and expecting that to be the nhl like it's just not the nhl because we were all born a certain way and, you know, and those athletes were born a certain way as well, too. And mm-hmm. at a certain point, it's like, I feel like it's just a really strong combination between, you know, tremendous work ethic, you know, amazing recovery and also genetic potential. Like those three things, when you combine them really well together, will make, you know, those type of athletes where... Are you surprised at what the body is capable of? Because you talked about pushing mm-hmm. your max, uh, getting to the point where you thought you were going to be sick, understanding <laughs> the, you know, the the lactic acid and yeah, how it, the recovery time is near it, you know? So it's a scientific aspect, too, of what yes. the body's capable of. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, it, it always does surprise me, for sure, because I've, I've done a lot of things with my body that I never thought were possible, you know, that I... 
I as a like as a basic example when you know when CrossFit was first getting popular, it was like a really big deal to have a clean and jerk that was 225 pounds. It was like a big deal. You were like in the top, let's just say 10% of CrossFitters, you know. Um, and I didn't think I'd ever get there, you know, this like scrawny kid who's like 160 pounds. And then, you know, five years later, about 175 pounds and, and able to do, you know, well over that. And so things, it, it's, it's pretty amazing what your body can adapt to uh, given the right stimulus. Do you think just even for you or for people in general, how much of it did you come down to fitness and training and how much it came down to nutrition, what you were eating and everything else. <laughs> oh, I think about that all the time. Um, cause it was a long time ago that I competed. And, uh, so I, I went to the Latin America regionals, um, and, and that was for three years. And that was, I believe it was 2011, 12 and 13. You were living in Mexico at the time. I was, because right? we, we should story. mention, yeah, like the, the chasing a girl down to Mexico <laughs> yeah. and staying, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. I kind of got, I wouldn't say I got dragged down there. I definitely went of my own free will, but yes. it's, yeah. Um, so I had, I had met my wife in a CrossFit gym and then I had gone to do this trip around the world for, um, for nine months, nine or 10 months. Um, and so we kind of kept in touch and she visited me a couple times along the way. And then when I got back to Montreal, she was moving to Mexico. And so I, I followed her there, which was quite the experience. Yeah. So you're living in Mexico, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're training, because if yes. you mentioned you competing at the Latin American, right? It, yeah. So I'm assuming it's because you, mm -hmm. were, you were in that area to be able to do that. Absolutely. Uh, and do, do you find the difference between what's happening in certain parts of the world? I mean, you would have seen that, right? You traveled, yes. but to see what happens in the gyms in Mexico and what happens in the gyms <laughs> in Ottawa, you know, is there a lot of parallels? Are there different ways that they see things or do things? Yeah, I would say at that time, it just took way longer. I mean, keep in mind that CrossFit started in the U.S. So by the time it got to Mexico, it came to Canada first and mm -hmm. then it got to Mexico later. So they were about four or five years, I would say, behind, um, okay, let's just call it Canadian mm -hmm. standards in terms of the industry. So there was like one gym in Mexico City for... Gosh, you're in Mexico City? Yeah. You're not, you're not even a city. No, I'm, I'm not like by like, the beach. Yeah, like, no. not even close. <laughs> no. no. No, so it was a big city and that was a different experience. And I uh, I did really enjoy my time there. I made amazing friendships with, you know, friends that I still kind of keep in touch with now. And did you know that this is where you were going to go? Like when you were living there that you saw this vision of being mm -hmm. in the health and fitness industry, of of creating a business or being part of something like that? Yeah. Did it start there? Where did it? Where did that business entrepreneurial aspect of what you're going to be doing come into the picture uh, yeah great question so i uh i was i still remember now i was 27 years old and we were about to come back and we we're coming back and i think it was about like eight or nine months we knew that like our time in mexico was done and we we're planning to come back to canada and ultimately there's that looming question like what am i gonna do and i i just woke up one day and i was like i'm I don't want another desk job. I just don't, you know, like Ottawa, Ottawa is a government town and it, it seems like the easiest path, right? Oh, I'm going to um, get a government job, work for some organization, get this great pension, get this, you know, mm -hmm. you know great pay as well. And I just didn't want to do it. I, I thought I'd just have a lot of regret and I had done a lot of desk jobs up to that point in my life. And I just didn't want to do another one. I just wanted to do and I I just came to this realization where it's like I'm I'm just gonna open a gym and I'm just gonna go for it and if I fail I fail and and that'll be it but I just don't want to have any regrets when I'm 65 years old looking back on my life and being bitter about what could have been 
who did you see your client being? I mean, you see this fact that you're going to open this gym, but who did you see on the other end of that door? Yeah, I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> That's the truth. I, I, Looking back at it, I really didn't plan it very well at all. <laughs> I did very little market research. I should have done way more. <laughs> I should have done way more. But the reality is that I didn't. I just kind of went 100% in with just uh, passion and um, giving everything I had and working really hard every day. So what was the idea then of having the all around, right? Like we talked about that. And I mm-hmm. think that's why you felt this was going to be different with OPEX. Is, yeah. So how do you, how does it work then? Cause you were talking about, you go to a trainer, you go to a nutritionist, yes. how does it all come together with you? Yeah. So, uh, what we do is when someone wor- first walks through the door, we, uh, we sit down, uh, completely for free and we just sit down and try to get to know them a little bit better because if you don't know the person you're trying to help, then how are you really supposed to help them, right? Like, I don't even know if this person is actually a good fit for our gym or not. Uh, so we we do a free consultation for anyone who's uh, who's interested in just, you know, even just picking up a couple of like free fitness tips that they, that they can apply on their own, all the better, you know? Whether they work with us or not, that's completely up to them. Um, we definitely don't do any kind of like hard sell approach or lock them into a <laughs> tiny room and don't let them out. Um, so what we do is um, if they're interested in trying it out, we always uh, only sell one month memberships to start. And the reason for that is consistency. Show me you can be consistent for a month and show me you actually really wanna do this. And then you can have, you know, you can have the choice to sign up for a longer term membership. Uh, but we don't we don't want anyone in our gym unless they're really committed to making a change, you know, and, uh, unless they're really committed to trying to do things a little bit differently. And so I, I try to be very, you know, upfront and honest with people right from, from the get go. So they're walking in, they have a month to try. Yes. Or I, I like that because usually there's the pressure, right? You're I know. Sign up for a like, year, it's right, cheaper. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> And what are you able to, in that time, do? Because are you starting immediately onto the nutrition, onto the plan, onto Mm -hmm. how does it all get going right away? Um, So the first thing we do is uh, we do an assessment. And it's actually a really in-depth three-hour assessment with each individual who walks through our doors. And the purpose of that assessment is to get a snapshot of where you are right now in terms of health and fitness. Three hours. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you're not running in, signing up. No, it's not like, oh, you know, go do this thing. Just uh, So three hours. So people... People need to, they need to mentally prepare for that, oh, yeah. that, that first time. Okay. So what in a three hour assessment, what should people be able to realize about themselves? Yes. So what they're going to get an idea of, we try to have a great conversation for that first hour, mm-hmm. get to really understand what their goals are and why they're important. Um, are you asking them, are you asking them why it hasn't happened yet? Like, are you uh, asking them, you have, <laughs> yeah. are you having three Cokes a day or yep. are you skipping meals and then only eating a big, large one? Are you finding out the patterns that way too? This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. Yes, absolutely. Because, and I think you've, if you've 
I think for anyone who's been in fitness for a long time, one of the major things, and this was a huge light bulb moment for me like a couple years ago, where it was like, it's behaviors. If you can understand people's behaviors and why they're doing certain things, then that will allow you to have a much better chance of potentially changing those behaviors, right? People have this automatic mind, right? You don't think about making breakfast in the morning. You just do it. You just like pull something out of the fridge. You like cut it up. You do whatever you need to in order to get your meal ready. You go into your, you know, we call it that automatic mm -hmm. mind. But people don't necessarily think about what they're doing, right? It's just sort of habit. A lot of times people don't know why they're doing what they're doing. They're just doing it because it's what they've done for the last however many years. And so by asking them, you actually get them to think about, well, wait a second, why am I eating carbs first thing in the morning when I'm exercising later on in the evening, for example, right? That's just like the small, small detail, but it kind of just gives you an idea of, you know, starting to ask questions around what your habits or, mm -hmm. or what your behaviors are. So you go through habits, behaviors, and yes. then what's the, and in the assessment, what's the physical aspects that you're trying to understand about a person? Yes. And so the major things that we do, uh, we do a work capacity test, uh, which is sort of trying to, so we develop a test specific, we have standard tests, but we have specific tests that are based on their goals. So for example, if you tell me that you want to run a 5k in, I don't know, under 20 minutes as an example, right? Then... I want to see what your 5k is right now, right? Because how am I going to know if it actually improved in, let's say, a month or two from now, unless I have sort of like a baseline mm -hmm. as to what it is. So we believe in that sort of testing and then retesting uh, principle. Are um, you getting someone that says, I want to run my first 5k and I just want to be able to start and actually cross the finish line? Yeah, sometimes, okay, yeah. sometimes. And that's okay too, you know, you have to, and that's another part of it where you want to sort of manage what realistic expectations are for each of those people. If you, you know, you've never run a 5k before and the most you've ever run is like, I don't know, 200 meters, then we have a lot of work to do and maybe testing that 5k isn't really applicable right now, but it will be in the future when you sort of test that first one and then retest it. And then, you know, if that's really mm -hmm. what's important to you. Right. Um, and then th the second and third thing we do is we do a movement analysis to find out what your left to right side imbalances are because everyone comes in with different baggage, right? You know, you might have a bad knee or a shoulder and we just want to test what those range of motions are and those particular joints to kind of see, should I not be prescribing, I don't know, as an example, like push-ups, because whenever you do upper body pushing, your shoulder hurts, for example. Um, and so it gives us a great idea as to like where uh, where you're at right now in terms of that snapshot. Um, we also do a physical assessment. So we give, you know, we break up your body into five different parts and we put you on a scale of zero to five to kind of figure out where you're a little bit weaker and where you're a little bit stronger, because that gives us a great idea mm -hmm. of, you know, if we're trying to build a balanced individual, what do we need to prioritize? Are people surprised by how their bodies are imbalanced? <laughs> yeah. You know, like you, you think like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm standing up straight and everything's working, but there's really a, there usually is a dominant side. Always, almost always. It's I, I really a handful of cases that I've, you know, that I've worked with in the last 12 years where you can say that their uh, left to right side, you know, discrepancy is like, let's just call it negligible. Also, people don't realize we were parts of the body where they haven't used yeah right like a <laughs> like even even sitting and then standing yeah. up right people don't realize that they push sometimes they'll push off of the armrest to Correct. get themselves up right they don't yeah. realize what they're not using mm -hmm. 
to be able to do basic movement. Yeah. It's a great party trick. Have you ever, have you ever been at a party? No, okay. What am I doing? What's my party trick? <laughs> you just ask someone to do, you know, a couple of lunges, a couple of, you know, and you see if they can do either a split squat or a lunge and you see if they can do like 10 in a row, for example, and you would be absolutely like, and I'm talking a full lunge where you're in a fully, you know, mm -hmm. standing position, your knee comes down, touches the ground and then comes back up and you just do it in a very controlled environment because you don't want anyone smashing their knees on the ground, but you do it, you know, you do it safely and you'd be absolutely surprised how many people cannot do that um and it's a you know it's a very simple movement but when it comes to you know like we talked about that uh that difference between let's say single leg and double leg activities from zero to five when you think about how strong someone is on one leg it's very different and you realize how much someone might be compensating mm -hmm. through the other leg okay so we're <laughs> going through this assessment yes. so you've done right left imbalance mobility yep. to see where injuries are Correct. what other things are you looking for um i just want to see again where like you mentioned that whole part about behaviors and so that's that's a big part to kind of understand what stopped them from being successful in the past why is this going to be any different when do you when are you most likely to drop off you know is it when work gets really busy because maybe uh, you're an accountant, as an example, right? Tax season comes up. Oh, have you noticed you always stop exercising whenever tax season comes up because you're so busy at the office, you don't have time to, you know, and all of a sudden it kind of falls on the back burner and then you lose that that uh, that consistency piece. So understanding those things um, and understanding where their nutrition is at, um, I think is, is really important. I, I heard the podcast that you had with uh, Stephanie K, mm -hmm. right? And I thought that was great. That was um, really um, just really good pieces in terms of... And she had great information. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, and a lot of people... And it's funny because oftentimes people will ask me if I see them or they're out. They're like, oh, who was, who was it last week kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I was like, I really liked Stephanie's... I was like, okay, well, I had Stephanie on. She was a nutritionist. I loved her... Um, her start to finish yes, of what a the real foods. the real food, <laughs> yeah, what a real great. food is, and how how we view it as processed, and yes. the stages that a food goes through from like so as soon as it's no longer just one food like the tomato, right? Yes. And the tomato became the sun dried tomato. That's right. You know, it was like going through the process <laughs> the of how it ends up at, as ketchup. I I loved to kind of understanding that because as much as you think you know or you know how to yeah. read labels or you're looking you know she gave us the right information and so are you able to do that because you're doing all of those steps with your clients that yeah. then becomes the okay what's we've we're doing these workouts to accomplish this goal this is how it has to change at home absolutely and are you doing the texting and the emails yeah. <laughs> and everything yeah. else to say what did you eat for dinner kind of thing that's right i'll uh it depends on the individual but sometimes one of the really effective tools that i found can be beneficial is getting them to send you a, so we have software that we use where they get their training programs they get those lifestyle pieces delivered to them so they have to physically check those things off day to day through an app which is a great way of like of really uh connecting the coach and client so that it number one keeps them accountable, but it also makes sure that they're doing all these things that you sort of want to sort of build them into these habits that you want to build build them into over time. Uh, so as an example, um, you know, one of them could be like, take, you know, three times today, I want you to sort of just like, take a really deep breath in and exhale really slowly and just take five breaths, but do that three times morning, noon and night, right. And so as you sort of do that right before you're about to eat, kind of just really slows you down and sort of activates that you know that parasympathetic state so you're sort of ready to you know digest that oh, food do you do that degree. do you do that before you eat 
Yeah, it's a great. I okay, don't know so if what is this little that. trick? No, okay. So yeah, what is it? it's uh, so it's really simple. Um, I mean, some people will kind of think of it more as like meditation, but it's not really meditation. It's just sort of trying to relax your body before you're about to consume any kind of like food. So we're we're everyone's really busy today. We're way more stressed than we should be, and I think everyone can sort of you know accept that as being generally the norm for most people. But one way to sort of just try to relax yourself a little bit before a meal is just take a second. You always want to sit whenever you're about to eat. So you should never be standing and eating on the go uh, as much as possible. <laughs> I say you that because I have kids and I'm like, yes. that's not possible. Anyway, as much as realistically possible. Right. Um, and so you want to you want to sit down and you want to take anywhere between like five to ten breaths. You want to like suck in your air really slowly over like three breaths and then exhale over like six uh, or like a three to so six So like seconds. double it. So, a, yes. a, you know. So exhale slower than you yeah. inhale, right? And just take a second to just like, like relax a little bit. And that can drastically just change, you know, sort of the, the feeling that you have in your body so that you can not only absorb that food to a great degree but digest it you know a little bit more fully um, and that's I always say it doesn't really matter what you consume as much as how you digest that food right if as an example like you eat some food you eat it really fast you're standing up you're on the go um, often that even though it's really good quality food that can still cause you know distension gas or bloating which means you're not you're not actually absorbing as much of that food as you should, especially not if you're you know potentially seeing it in your stool. Not to get too descriptive mm-hmm. or anything, but those are all things you kind of want to think about as to like how you're you know how do you personally but react to that food? It's interesting because you talk about someone who's eating healthy but on the go and you know grabbing that salad or that salad with the chicken and the protein yeah. and they've got every, the combinations that they're supposed to, but they're eating it standing up on the go mm-hmm. as opposed to. And not allowing it to digest properly. Yes. Whereas you take the person who sat down, allowed a relaxation of the body, yeah. the digestive process is able to happen. And so you're you're keeping the good nutrients more so than not digesting them. I Correct. never thought about that, just the simple of yeah. how I'm eating. Yes. the And we call that like, uh, it's one of the first things we touch because we call it sort of like general food hygiene. You know, like you wash your hands before you're about to eat. Well, this is something that you sort of want to implement into that same practice. And another thing that I see as being really, really overlooked is just the idea of chewing your food. And again, it's not, it's not a sexy approach. You know, you can't sell it. Um, you can't package it. But just the idea of chewing your food, because digestion starts in your mouth. As soon as you put food into your mouth, if you don't mix saliva really, really well with that food, again, you're 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 starting, you know, from a deficit. You're not going to digest that food really well, and so you want to set yourself up for like to be in a place where you can really, you know, accept that that food and and digest it. Have you ever had a client just say those two little basic changes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this actually works. Yeah, those are very basic it doesn't take talent it doesn't or code like yeah you know, those are easier things to change yes and they're and that's and i'm you know i'm a really firm believer like and it's funny I, when i think about when i first started coaching i give my clients like 10 things to do you know like do this and this and this and this and this and you do that enough times and you realize that it's the worst approach <laughs> because i mean it might work for like one out of 10 people who's like you know type a personality and they do everything but what you want to do and a much more successful approach that I found 
is just like a little breadcrumb approach. You know, they're like a little duck and they're following the breadcrumbs and you just give them just a little something to change every time because that's what makes it manageable. And what and when it's manageable, they can be consistent and then they can allow it to really become part of their routine, mm -hmm. which is the goal, really. Hmm. Really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you go through this, you, you were talking about the app because I was, I was going yeah. through like the checklist, right? This is how we got onto that conversation. Sure. So they're having to be, so the accountability aspect comes in through the app, through the app. Yes. And we can see, can you um, see if they're just cheating and just going, Oh, I haven't filled this out in a day. I'm just going to check, check, <laughs> check, check. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. How, how can you monitor that? Yes. That's a great, uh, great question again. And so I, um, so I can see if they're checking it. Yes or no, they could be lying about it. We tend to see that when we retest all of our parameters, mm -hmm. right? So we have different, different testing protocols in terms of like, okay, I want to see if your, if your core stability has improved this month, as an example. So as a general rule, we'll usually retest people every three to maybe eight weeks, depending on, you know, the training age of the person, because if, you know, anyone who's really well trained will take much longer to actually see improvement, right? It's, it's the beauty of kind of starting training for the first time in your life for those first couple years. It's like the glory days where it's like, oh, I'm lifting more weight auto automatically, right? Uh, and then it slows over time. And so you have to kind of give your body a bit more time to adapt um, because your central nervous system is so much more developed, etc. And so we can kind of see, um, but in order to kind of keep that accountability, when we retest them, we'll get a great idea if they're actually cheating the system or not, because they usually won't improve at all. And that's so their workouts are in the app. Yes. The food is in the app. Correct. The taking Lifestyle. deep breaths yeah. before you mm -hmm. eat or mm -hmm. chewing or sleeping like that's all that's part all of part it. of it. Yes. And it's there because it's mostly for the accountability factor, right? If I just say, oh, hey, don't forget to chew your food. But if you get an email every single day and then you get an email every single day, you miss your workout, that is more likely to make you, you know, oh yeah, I got to fill this out. Oh, I got to. And then we get notified as coaches, we get notified when you don't fill out your, you know, when you don't fill out the app, we know. And so that kind of gives us, okay, we got to escalate a little bit. First, we send you a message through True Coach, mm -hmm. And then if that doesn't work, then we send you a text and then we'll call you and then we'll kind of figure out what's going on. And so it allows us to really dig a lot deeper with each client. And that is the biggest thing that I found was missing in fitness is that you can do this great workout. It might be too hard. It might be too easy for you. But the problem is Who's there to really make sure you're sleeping enough in order to recover from that workout? Like no one, right? Like everyone knows sleep is important, but somehow it's always about trying to like take this, you know, this supplement that's going to make you better. But the reality is taking a supplement instead of sleeping more is like stepping over a hundred dollar bill and picking up a quarter. What's the point? Like, yeah, maybe that supplement is making you a tiny bit better, but why would you step over the $100 bill when you can get so much more out of that, out of potentially trying to just change your habit and, and recovering way better? I, I hope people see this sleep thing. <laughs> like, do I want the quarter or do I want the $100 yeah, bill? exactly, right? Sure, I mean, yeah, pick up, pick up the quarter, but maybe mm -hmm. you should only pick up the quarter once your sleep is all in alignment. You know, you have generally great food hygiene, uh, your nutrition is on point, uh, you're, you know, you generally have quite low stress in your life and you're sort of managing that very well. Then go pick up the quarter. Sure. You know, then let's throw in, you know, a potential creatine supplement that, you know, will make you a little bit stronger because you want to increase your back squat by 10 pounds. 
I'm all for it. But just make sure you're doing things in the right order. Hmm. Yeah. And you're doing that by laying little breadcrumbs. Yes, because that's generally how I have had the most success over you know years and years. Yeah. If, if it's too overwhelming, people just they yeah. sign off. I do appreciate that you said, and, and I think for people who might be struggling, is if you're new to it and you're just starting out, you will see results Super much fast. quicker because the, because your body isn't accustomed to it. And so it's going, oh, okay, we're going to burn off these calories or I'm going to start to get stronger. But I think sometimes you get very frustrated people who have been living healthy lifestyles and who have been going to the gym mm -hmm. and who are like, why have I plateaued? Yes. Like, what am I doing wrong? Because it used to work. All of this stuff used <laughs> yeah. to work for me and why now it it's not. And then they get uh, the motivation starts to lack and then Absolutely. they're not seeing the results. And that's when you get into kind of the, the spiraling yes. out of it because they just, they see the effort that they're putting in and they're never seeing results. And I'm sure you get people yes. that come to you at that point. Mm -hmm. kind of going, I don't know what's going on. The majority of people, in fact, and I think the major, one of the things that I, like I always think about, okay, who's the, you know, the client avatar that mm -hmm. we normally get in our gym. And a lot of them are, people that have tried many other things typically. So they've tried the good life. They tried the Mavati. They've tried the big box gyms. Sometimes they've tried some kind of like, you know, group fitness aspect and maybe that, you know, didn't work for them for some reason. And then, and then we'll get someone or so they're usually people that are frustrated with fitness. They're usually like kind of a little bit upset because they, they feel like they deserve better results because they've had success in the past but then they're having a lot, they're having a hard time recreating those same, you know, accomplishments or, or like or moments. Yeah. Yes. Results. Mm -hmm. Do you accept that it could be the training, but it's also the body is used to the food that's coming in. It's, it's difficult because it gets to a point where it's like the 80, 20 rule. Yes. And 80% of it's coming from the sleep. The <laughs> yeah, food, exactly. You're eating. And 20% is coming with how different or how you change up your workouts. Yeah. The, um, I'd say just the nutrition aspect is is huge. You know, I always kind of categorize as like, okay, first it's like sleep, then nutrition, and then exercise is just like that gravy on the top. Like you can arguably, if you just move in your regular day and you move, you know, not necessarily with vigorous intensity, but you move somewhat throughout the day, um, you could, you know, live a pretty good life, a pretty good healthy life by just eating really well and sleeping, you know, with a, you know, a lot, let's just say a lot, you know, uh, in order to, in order to really recover well, you know, we design training programs. And so if it was a lie, I would be the first one to tell you that, but you know, the lifestyle matters more than the exercise. And again, most trainers will not tell, like, I don't know if they'll necessarily tell you that or like focus on it, but that's, that's the truth. That's what people need to know. But sometimes I feel like in our, you know, in our society, it's just all about like, oh, shredded abs and trying to like necessarily look as good as possible. But then you got to take a second to actually think about, you know, what your goal is. Is it truly aesthetics? In which case you're willing to sacrifice health and longevity. Because those are two, you know, again, different buckets that you have to sort of understand, right? Is that... Explain that because I don't think people get that because yeah. they want to look like the... Yeah. They want to have the aesthetics. That's right. Or that six-pack, you know, and that comes at a very different lifestyle or, Correct. as you mentioned, longevity of having that over something else. Yeah. And so, as an example, 
if you're trying to look as good as possible and you think about who's the most competitive at this, right? Who does this generally the best? Well, you think about physique models, right? Or, you know, professional bodybuilders. They'll definitely be the ones that look the best, right? They kind of have the biggest muscles, the least amount of body fat, etc. But you have to also understand that that comes at a price and it comes at, you know, the price of your adrenals <laughs> and then, you know, and and burning a tremendous amount of cortisol and adrenaline, et cetera, and basically wearing out your body faster than it's meant to, right? Because you have to go through a like, tremendous amount of starvation in order to get to that point. Um, so you really have to want that physique, number one. But number two, just because you look really good, it doesn't mean you're going to live a long and prosperous life because those look completely different in terms of the training programs that are built into each one and the nutritional habits that are built into each one. Mm -hmm. What's your ideal? What for you would be the ideal, like perfect client longevity health that you see that you've made the biggest impact on somebody? Yes, I would say it's, it's definitely probably related to longevity. And, and it's probably because I can sympathize with that as well, too, because ultimately, that's, that's, you know, my goal is that I think about what I want to be able to do when I'm 80, you know, and and what that looks like. And if I'm doing and what I'm doing today is not going to lead me to being able to be active when I'm 80, then that's a problem. I really shouldn't be doing that ultimately. Right. And so you want to think about that. Right. Because you can be 80 years old and be stuck in a bed and be, you know, bedridden and not be able to move very much. But ultimately, I can't imagine like anyone really wanting that outcome, right? So you have to think about, okay, what do I want to be able to do when I'm 80 and what kind of habits do I want to implement right now so that I can keep these for a very long time that will allow me to still be active when I'm 80. I say 80. No, and I love that, but I love that because if you're 30, you need to be thinking that. Yeah. Um, But also if you're 70, Mm -hmm. you can actually still be thinking that. Absolutely. And so you can kind of go, well, for the first 70 years, I might not have allowed that. Can there be a shift to be able to feel better at 80 Mm -hmm. than they did at 70? Exactly. And that's, and that's the whole goal is we're all trying to resist entropy, right? I mean, let's just say your past, you know, teenage years where you're growing and you can eat whatever the hell you want and get away with it. Um, Not although that, ultimately always catches up to that person regardless but we're all trying to resist that entropy right we're all gonna we're all gonna die one day right the only thing you can do with you know your lifestyle with your health and with new nutrition is try to delay it as much as possible right that's the only you can either speed it up and get there a lot faster to the end of your life or you can try to extend it and i think that everyone likes the idea of living long and prosper. Oh yeah, it's a great idea. I want to live long. Sure, everyone wants to live long. But ultimately, are you going to be able to change your behaviors now so that you can actually get there when you're 80 or 90 or 100? Have you had a person walk in and go, I think you just gave me back 20 years? <laughs> yeah, I I have. And it's it's a great feeling. And it's always... I've, you know, I've heard this from many clients, but when, when they say, oh, I'm fitter now than when I was mm-hmm. five years ago, right? Like, and that's always, it's a great feeling because that's, you know, that's the reason why I got into this, you know, business is because 
what I realized about myself is that I enjoy, you know, just building relationships with individuals, getting them to realize things they didn't otherwise know, and trying to help them change their life. But ultimately, one of the biggest principles we have at OPEX is empowerment. And that's when we truly believe in that in our core, where we want to we want we want to inspire people to live an empowered life, but they have to make that decision. And I realized that many years ago where I can't be the one who makes them exercise. They can't exercise because of me. They have to want to exercise for themselves and for their own long life. Because if they don't do it, then that's inauthentic and their motivation will inherently like dwindle. Mm -hmm. And as an example, if I was doing personal training with a client, okay, and I have nothing against personal training, let me just start by saying that. But one of the flaws with personal training is that it's a dependent relationship. Because if let's say I'm personal training you, what happens if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? You don't even know what weight you're lifting. You don't know what exercises to do. You just follow along and you do your thing. What I'm trying to create at OPEX is I'm trying to create a model that allows people to take control of their own fitness so that one day they don't need me anymore. They know exactly how much water they should drink. They know exactly how much they should be sleeping. They know exactly how they should be eating for them. And they can continue to do that for the next 35, 40 years. And they can die when they're 95 and live a great life. And that's ultimately what our, our goal is in the long run. So it's an interesting business model that at the end of the day, you'd like to eventually see them not using your business. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is and that I fair think, to say? Yes. Like, yeah, come is. in, let me help, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that there's a life cycle. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe if I <laughs> told a lot of business, business entrepreneurs that they'd be like, you're crazy. Why are you trying to get rid of your clients? And I'm not trying to get rid of them, but I want them. And it's a long process where mm-hmm. they can learn as much as they can from me because we have a tremendous amount of expertise and we have a lot, I think, that they can pull from us but ultimately we want them to never need us again right they should be like it's your own body why shouldn't you be able to like know exactly what exercises you need to do where you're a little bit weaker what your own personal mechanic like body mechanics are uh, where your you know discrepancies are and how you react the best to those things you know you should be able to take control of those things Hmm. it's an interesting concept for sure yeah so when you have people coming in, then you're having lots of different age groups, either people that are looking, as you mentioned, I want to run the 5K faster. I want mm-hmm. to be able to lose the weight. I'm looking at aesthetics. I want to be able to be 80 and feel like I'm the best ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, where are you? Like, what is the gym like? Like, how have you guys been able to establish this? Because it's you guys. I mean, I used to think I knew a lot of, you know, who is who and we're in the city. But where are you guys? So we're right at the corner of Prince of Wales and Hunt Club. So we're in Nepean. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're basically a block away from there. Um, and yeah, and it's sort of essentially just trying to create awareness around what we do. And I think that's the biggest thing is that because it's a very new model, people don't know about what OPEC stands for, what it represents, because I do believe fundamentally it, it's different. Mm-hmm. Can people work out with you and then know that they have this checklist and they have all these things and then still be able to do workouts and stuff elsewhere? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's almost, as you mentioned, we want you want to be able to create it so that they're capable yeah. of doing this on their own. Absolutely. And so one of the one of the best things is that on the um, through the app, you can actually upload your own videos, you can upload pictures, uh, and we can give you feedback through that app as well too. So I have some clients that will come into the gym, for example. So whenever you come into the gym, I should definitely mention that um, 
we're not babysitting you through personal training, but you're definitely always supervised. So we're telling you how to do the movements, we're correcting your form, we're making sure, you know, so there's always someone on the floor while you're doing your exercises, mm-hmm. but you're going through those things, you know, so to speak, on your own. But there's still a community of other people who are sort of like supporting each other as well mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. So best place is OPEX Ottawa. Yes, on Instagram, uh, OPEX Ottawa. Uh, you can like us on Facebook as well too, OPEX Ottawa. And uh, yeah. So happy, you know, at 27 that you're not that you decided not to do the the desk job. Like, do you feel fulfilled that you that you feel at the end of the day those there's lives that have been changed every day, and I work. A tremendous amount more than I would work at a desk job. You know, I probably work over 70 hours a week, but you know what? There are hours that I enjoy that I wouldn't give anything for. And ultimately, I drive home and I smile because I'm proud of what I've done. Mm-hmm. I like that. And then you got to go check that app. For, yeah. Did I, <laughs> did <laughs> yeah. I cross off my own, yeah. che- my own checklist? Do you find that though? Like, because you're so concerned, like everything's about other people to, to fit it in for your own, for yourself, for your family. Yes. Uh, like in terms of my own personal. Yeah. Fitness? I mean, I hear from a lot of people, they're in the gym all day. They're doing other, that they eventually fall behind. Absolutely. And, and that's uh, the challenge. That is the challenge. And that's why I, I always work out first thing in the morning. It's usually five 30. Um, and, but I love it. I mean, again, it's for me, it's, it's like breakfast. Yeah. It's part it's, it's part of my habits. It's part of my routine. Yeah. That's, that's an early one to get, but you got to get it in. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I always tell people too, you want to be able to work with people who are setting you know, um, who are a living Mm. example, you know, are are leading that way that they're doing what they're preaching. Yes. I'm like, don't let's don't, if you have a trainer that's doing all this stuff and you can tell that they're (laughs) They're not, they're not not practicing what they preach. I go, it's, it's not the right motivator. I go, go with someone that, you know, is motivating themselves as well Mm -hmm. to be able to be better for you. Absolutely. Uh, And that's always been a pretty good key. Jonathan, I really appreciate you coming in. People can uh, find more information. Opex, It's an Opex. So O P E X Ottawa, dot com uh, if you're looking for more information and and i like to you know lots of great little tips there i'm going to try the whole breathing before i sure. eat for sure i'm not sure i'll be able to sit down all the time i find i eat standing up all <laughs> all the yeah. time uh, but definitely a couple of sure. like you know great tidbits and yeah. i really like the hundred dollar bill to the quarter yeah. i'm like why are you stepping over things a <laughs> yeah. hundred dollar bill to pick up the oh. quarter when you're when you're doing that really good things that for uh, for people to think about sure. so there you have it that's another episode of living your life with leanne lang as always please like share subscribe uh, let us know what you think any suggestions it's always great to be able to see the podcast grow but we need you guys to be able to help do that so really appreciate the support in helping uh living your life be able to do that and i know you're listening right now but if you are listening to other things i have mentioned apple itunes spotify youtube but also i just found out that i'm actually on iheart as well iheart radio so if you're suggesting it to people and people are asking where you can find it uh, we have been added to that playlist as well have a great day everyone I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.